Hello. Hi. You are tuned into Synchronicity Podcast. Welcome back. We are here to serve, guide, and navigate these crazy waters that we call life together here at Synchronicity. Uh, we are Nicole and Megan. Thank you for being here with us. Yeah. Where it's always a wild, wild adventure. <laughs> We always talk about what's new in the world, kind of what we're curious about, what we're fearful of, like collecting information and hearing just the world around us and kind of what's going on. So we're in it with you. We talk about a lot of different things. Um, if you are an OG, welcome back. If you are a new person and you haven't listened to us before, make sure that you subscribe so that you get notifications when we decide to uh upload a new podcast because we're both Gemini's so it's never regular so if you subscribe then you'll know when we drop them we're getting better <laughs> yeah, but thanks. welcome and thanks for being here we are so excited to be back today we have Matt Zimmon on our podcast he is the writer and author of psychedelics for everyone book and uh this is gonna be a great conversation so uh without further ado Matt Please introduce yourself. Nicole and Megan, it's great to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me on. And I'm, as you said, Matt Zeman, this author. I also have a telehealth company called Happy with Two Eyes. And I'm just excited to talk all things psychedelic today. Yes, absolutely. We're super excited to come um, have this conversation because it's actually the first time where we're we work in we work in the same industry. So it's really cool because what more than two um two walks of life, separate companies coming together to have a conversation about this new movement of wellness, of just all of this kind of new push in the industry of mental health and physical health and all of the things that people can actually benefit from. Absolutely. I mean, we haven't had a change in mental health and this is a real change in mental health practice in this country since the, uh, the invention of the antidepressant over 50 years ago. So we have a, a technology here that's not new technology. It's an old technology that we've uh, tucked away for, for a number of years, decades. And it is, uh, it is peeking its head out and saying, what do you want to do with this? How can we, how can we be of help? Right. Absolutely. And like watching what, you know, Oregon did two years ago with decriminalizing and now legalizing as of January 1st, and then Colorado just pushed proposition 122, mm -hmm. which legalized and decriminalized simultaneously because here in Colorado, you know, we go for it. We just, hell, why not? <laughs> um, so, you know, having those on the forefront, but really those are huge because they're pushing the precedents in regarding health and allowing for universities to get funding to actually do more research in this world. Now that we have some legislation backing these saying, Hey, they're legal. We've got a little bit of evidence pushing this. This is what the people are seeing. And so now we can really see this forefront come forth and in fruition. And hopefully we get to, it pops its whole head out. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's amazing. We have, and it's, it's both sides of the aisle. So we have Corey Booker and Rand Paul introducing legislation to a, to legalize. Um, what I like about the Colorado, and I, I know there's some controversy around it with, um, with some people who are saying, oh, it's, it's too, uh, too corporate the way, uh, the way you've done this, but it feels to me that you've, you did a lot of things right out there. I mean, you have, you have a, the creation of a, a statewide organization that will allow medical psychedelics for adults 21 and over. So that's very cool. And then you decriminalized five different psychedelics. So for those who are pushing, nature should be legal. We shouldn't, uh, we need to decriminalize. 
you you've you've reached across uh, across that as well. So it's it's exciting to see see how that th- this policy that that Colorado has has uh, has done might be a, a map for other states. And I know the reason for hope people, the advocacy group uh, that helped the Booker Paul legislation, they're working in six other states now. And I think everybody's looking at Colorado as okay, what they do here, and how's this going to work? Yeah, we definitely have a tendency to be kind of the uh, we push we push the we push the forefront, right? We did it with marijuana with the uh, Charlotte Webb and the Wright brothers. They were very, you know, kind of this quiet little pocket of these three brothers that were really pushing cannabis with the cancer research. And a lot of people pushed on them like, you guys are crazy. You're never going to be able to get this, you know, legalized and all of that. And then that Colorado did it and they pushed it. And people were moving here in drones just for the cancer help that cannabis was being proven to um, assist with these individuals in their pain because a lot of them, the nausea from chemotherapy and all of that stuff, that was kind of really like the opening of like this plant medicine. I think there was this understanding and although a lot of people were still kind of against it at the time, now it's becoming more of mainstream. Obviously we've got what, 48 states that have legalized cannabis now and now we're really like okay now this is this is next and this is this is now just not pain but this is really working in the PTSD the mental illness the anxiety the depression um things that like you said the pharmaceuticals have kind of had their hands on for quite some time yeah absolutely and and there's a I mean, I don't know if your listeners know this, but there's 309 academic institutions either studying psychedelics or the psychedelic centers. So the research is is pretty significant, and we can pick any any flavor of a uh, to look at it. It could be we can be picked because of diagnoses of depression, anxiety, OCD, eating disorders, substance use disorders. Um, yeah, I mean, it just over and over again, we're seeing incredible results from uh, from these studies that are happening. Yeah. It's- well, and it's just nuts because pharmaceuticals, I would argue, are the most powerful force with legislations or anything that is in our country right now. And um, I'm I'm really enjoying the people calling psychedelics pseudoscience because I'm like, do you want a sample? Like, <laughs> I wish I could send you a sample. Um, because it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's challenging everything that we've been taught about medicine and the Western view of things it's shifting into a whole different ball game. And I'm just curious. I know what I would say to the people that call things pseudoscience. I also think that people use big words and they need to actually like get a dictionary, but um, you know, they're, they're, they're throwing these words out and I'm like, have you heard of John Hopkins? Have you heard of all of these (laughs) huge institutions doing this research? So I'm curious if you've come across this or like what you've, um, what you would have to say to people that say these kinds of things about psychedelics. Yeah, Megan, I mean, that's that's exactly why I wrote this book and call it Psychedelics for Everyone. I'm not saying that everyone needs to take a psychedelic, but psychedelics are, in my opinion, are good for society. And what I hope that people see in this book is that whether it's for themselves, for someone they love, or just to understand why people might want to vote for the legalization of this, that's all part of it. Um, you talk about pseudoscience, and we know Let's talk about antidepressants. Let's talk about big pharma for a moment. We know that they don't work in upwards of 40% of the people that are prescribed them. It's a big number. They take six to 14 weeks to figure out if that's going to work. And then, and the side effect, the 
price tag on the side effects are brutal when you're talking about gastrointestinal issues, um, sexual dysfunction, weight gain, sweats, uh, cognitive issues, suicidal ideation. I mean, it just goes on and on. And when we talk about science does the best they can at any given moment in time. So we all thought we knew how antidepressants work. It's going to be serotonin. It's going to do this. No, they found out, oh, oops, that's, that's probably not correct. So how do they work? We're not really sure. We're going to throw a whole bunch of this medicine. It's going to work on some people. It's not on others. With psychedelic medicine, I mean, we have, we have lots and lots of research and that say this works. We can talk about ketamine specifically and say, okay, we know that works in the glutamate system and we know what it can do with, uh, with depression and anxiety. We can look at what's happening with MDMA and the, uh, the, the phase three clinical trials uh, taking people with treatment-resistant PTSD. So we know we've tried every existing medication. We know we've tried talk therapy. And these people, it, nothing has worked. And, and for the for the audience, I mean, picture veterans, picture, picture first responders, people uh, who are victims of sexual assault. Three MDMA sessions later, 67% no longer qualify as having PTSD. So that's that's not pseudoscience. That's science science. And that's why MDMA is going to be legal here in the next two years. Uh, you can take psilocybin. What's happening with terminal uh, patients um, who don't have six to 14 weeks to dial in a medication? And psilocybin is reducing anxiety, reducing depression, and making them feel more connected to their loved ones. That's pretty powerful. How do you argue with that? They can't. Well, you can't. I mean, the numbers, so the numbers, the numbers are real, you know, and that's the thing, you know, you look at John Hopkins, you know, we have addiction in our family. We have a father who's in nine years of recovery. John Hopkins, you know, Bill Wilson, the founder of AA said LSD is the 13th step to this program. And he was a huge, he was a huge fault. He followed Leary and Fadiman and he like, he saw, he saw it. Right. And now we've got John Hopkins doing the research and they're saying, you know, 67% of people coming in that have fallen out of AA rehab, you name it, these programs, two doses of psilocybin, they aren't even, they have, they have met the divine or they have connected to whatever they needed. They're not even reaching for whatever they were once addicted to. I mean, that, and that, those are numbers, right? Like it's the same with like what you were just saying. And, and if we can look at those numbers, there's, it's science. It's, we're healing and we're healing people in real time. Right. And we're, we're yeah. And in a very, and, and the space on which this creates results is radically different than anything. We, we don't, as a society, we really don't have the understanding like, oh my gosh, you can do that in, in a single session, in three sessions. We're used to these medicines that you have to take every day for decades. And the idea that you're going to do this just a few times potentially, and, uh, and then start an integration practice, um, it just, it's, it's, it's a new language. It's a new frontier for all of us. And it's so exciting. This is like why we got, because it just sets my soul on fire in like such a beautiful way that, you know, there's men like you. And um, I also want people to notice like Matt has such a grounding, like really beautiful energy. And this is the kind of energy that we need in the world. Um, you know, so many people's energy, because I'm big on, energy exchange, I get into their field and it makes me really anxious. Like, I'm like, holy my gosh, like, whoa. Um, but you calm my energy immediately. And I always point this out when I come across, you know, masculine that does this because 
it's huge right now. So many people are in chaos, male, female, doesn't matter what your genitalia is. We all have these energies. Um, and you work in this field. And it's funny because so many times when we come across balanced people, they're people that have worked with psychedelics. They've balanced themselves. They know how to hold space for other people. And it's, it's, it's just crazy because we'll be around other people and it's just this really it makes me very uncomfortable I'm like okay like I don't because I'm so chill <laughs> and, well until you talk about stuff like this and then I get excited but it's a good it's a good energy uh but it's just so important because that's the goal right to be able to just be um, embodied. And like, I feel that from you and I want people to take a second to, when you talk and stuff to really feel into their nervous system, because those are the kind of people that you want to be around. These are the kind of people that, um, the world needs more of, and that you're not in this trauma spin. You're not in this like anxious, depressive, you're in the moment you're embodied. Um, you know, we're moving towards this. And I think it's what psychedelics are really helping people find. So I want to point that out of so many people are in their nervous systems are in so much chaos and they're searching so hard for something outside of themselves. But when you can sit and be in somebody's presence and it's like this calm comes over you, um, it's, it's just something I very much appreciate. So I wanted to point that out um, because it's not common. It is <laughs> not common. Uh and, you know, we're just, it's almost like shamanic energy, the shamans that I've been around. It's like when you're in their presence, it's just this weird, I don't know. I just go into like, wow, I could talk about anything. I can, you know, there's not this judgment or these things that our society is so reactive. We don't take action. We react to everything instead of holding space for one another. And it's one of the things that I like to see in our clients and things like that is just the ability to be in the present moment, um, you know, and having these tools. So thank you for writing your book because it's another tool for us that we can give to people that maybe aren't ready to work with us, but it opens so many doors for people to better understand self and how we're moving forward as a society. Because I think we can, I mean, I, I saw a statistic yesterday on Cheddar News that 90% of Americans think that America is in a health crisis. And I'm like, yeah, you think? Um, <laughs> and so having these, you know, being on the forefront of something so massive and having enough research and everything to write a book is just amazing. But I want to hear a little bit about like your journey into this and what made you decide to write a book and all of that, that kind of because I love to hear people's stories. So it's a little bit of how you ended up here. Megan, first, let me take a moment to say thank you. I really appreciate what you said. That means that means a lot. Um, it ties actually into, into my journey where my, my very first guided psychedelic experience, I reconnected with my mom who, who died when she was 49. I was 22. And, um, and I came to the realization that I was carrying her forward. My kids are carrying us forward. And I really kind of leaned into that uh, that feminine energy that that I took from her. So I really that means a lot. I hope that it comes off balanced. I don't. I, I try. Yes. So thank it's you very for that. Very natural. Yes. That means a lot. Um, you're making me actually think about the work that um, you and Nicole do, and the, the if you could take a moment to explain about uh, TFAR, TFAR mindfulness. 
for a moment. Yeah. And then I think we can tie this back into psychedelics. Quite lovely, if you don't mind. Oh, you know, this is huge. So TFAR is thoughts, um, thoughts become feelings, feelings become actions, actions result in your life. You cannot help the circumstance to what you are put in, but you do have the choice on whether you follow the positive thought pattern to which, you know, um, this happens for a reason and it will serve me for my greatest good. Or you can follow the negative thought pattern and we all know where that ends, depression, anxiety, I'm a mess. Um, so we teach people how to choose the positive way of thinking and how to move into that really helps with microdosing or macrodosing on a faster pace uh, because it's that massive shift of it gives people choice back. It's yeah. really big. That's and there's a that beautiful Native American story about the do you feed the the dog or the wolf and who the one happiness or anger and which one should I feed and it's whichever one you feed is who you're gonna become. So teaching somebody how to, to, okay, so your thoughts lead to your feelings, which lead to your actions, which, which lead to your results. Yes. And that's what you and Nicole are constantly coaching and teaching people about, right? Yes. Okay. And that's beautiful. And where I think psychedelics comes in is for people, we get stuck in repetitive thoughts, as especially as we get older and we get used to thinking the same way. And we don't even know we're doing it. It just, it just becomes, it's automatic. And- and you can get, you don't have to take a psychedelic to come to this realization or to do this work. But when you do do a psychedelic, what it does is it calms your default mode network. It connects neurons that might not have fired since you were a little kid and reminds you that you can ski down this mountain. You can think in different ways that you might not have previously. And you can get a glimpse of what that feels like when the anxiety is gone, when the narrator is quiet. Um, and you can feel that you're enough, that you're, you're loved, you're enough just as you are. You don't have to go do whatever that is that next thing you have to do or meet that next objective. You're just enough, period. And that feels good. Um, but it's a catalyst. It's not a cure. So, okay, you've had that moment and great. Now what? And that's when getting into a practice like what you and the uh, coach on, um, that's where it becomes really important because now it's, it's that constant reminder. And you're going to, as you get further away from the medicine, it's, you start slipping back into the 3d world and it's, how do you remind yourself? How do you remind yourself? Your thoughts become your feelings, your thoughts become your feelings. They become your actions, it comes to your results over and over and over. So what am I going to think about? How do I feel about myself? And how do I take that feeling about myself into the world? Well, and I think it's a, you know, it's so it's, you know, where we come from and we also approach it, you know, we do explain the DMN. A lot of people like, you know, we don't get so into the brain because a lot of, of people course. are like air, 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 <laughs> right. And then, you know, they work with us for a little while and they're like, oh, you're like a huge anatomy nerd. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's okay. But I think that, you know, when you explain that, when you said that whole thing of, I don't have to act on something, right? Like understanding that that's the ego and that's actually placed in us for a purpose and it's to protect us in certain situations right and with psychedelics it allows us to kind of separate self from ego and be able to kind of have that relationship and that like balance of like you can't like you said you can ski down this hill the hill is not that scary it's just let's take it a little bit out of time you don't have to just go right down it and when you separate those two and it becomes this beautiful walk and this balance that psychedelics can initiate, right? 
people are then able to have almost this realization and be able to like separate. And I think so much of it is this separation that happens that people can be like, oh, wow, this isn't a story that I once told myself. They can then re almost tell their story and they can conquer that hill or they can move a mountain, not literally, but in their head, they can move whatever obstacle out of the way with a little bit of help of that psychedelic. Absolutely. So this, again, the psychedelic shows them what's possible and then right. they can, what they choose to do next is, is what's beautiful. It's also, so you talk about the disassociative, you're separating yourself from your ego and, um, and many times you're separating yourself from your wants. So all of a sudden it's like, okay, I don't want as much as I wanted before because it's not important anymore. It's not, I want, what I do want is more intimacy. What I do want is more connection. What I do want is more love. Do I need to spend this much time generating resources or accumulating resources? Or can I, can I restructure my life in a way that has, yeah, more intimacy, more connection? And that's, wow. uh, again, the molecule opens, I think can open that up, can open up the heart, can open up the mind um, to, to how could this be possible in ways that we might not have thought about before. Oh, yeah. It's, and, you know, I think it's such a, it's such a, when you say that, like the mind and the heart, those two, um, we don't, in society, we don't connect them. And they're so powerful when you connect them. And, you know, it's a, um, it's such a separation. We don't want them to be separated. The heart, the heart is the heart and the mind coexist in this like beautiful dance when they are in unison and they're in coherence when they're not is when we get into some situations where we don't want to be in because we're following one or the other. I think we're taught from a young age, really to feel less and do more to be good, productive members of society. So we're, it's not time to play. It's time to learn. You're going to not learn by running around and, and thinking on your own. You're going to listen to what we're going to teach you and you're going to regurgitate it back. Um, oh yeah, there's, there's nuclear weapons pointed at us, but let's not pay attention to that. Let's just focus on what we're learning here or there might be a school shooting, but that's okay. It's okay. We're just gonna do a little drill. Probably won't happen. And we have this, um, I think it, I, I don't think we have any choice, but to, to manifest that, that angst and that anxiety towards these, um, extinction events that are possible for, um, yeah, that, that they have to, they're at some level, they're scary whether we think about them consciously on a daily basis, at some level, they're scary. Right. And um, yeah, and I, and I think psychedelics, again, can help. Yes, those are real. And so is love. And so is your ability to connect with other humans. And it probably is the best time in the history of the world to be alive. And how are we going to have fun and play with this one life that we have for, for this particular life that we have in this incarnation? Well, and I think that that's also something that's, um, you know, when we talk about the integration, right? Like, so you get away from the medicine and, you know, our, we believe like you work with the medicine and then the integration is like your, I mean, that is your, that Practice. is where the work is done, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've had these tools, you've been able to experience and now you have integration and, you know, we, we work with really helping people understand meditation as well, because you can use plant medicine in almost provide the same result as meditation without plant medicine, but it's that understanding of how that relationship with yourself, your nervous system, your, your brain and your heart, and 
the meditation and the integration helps people almost continue the patterning of rewriting whatever it is in their nervous system that, you know, PTSD response that happened or, you know, whatever that anxiety lives or the depression or wherever in that meditation, when you're calm and you're still and you're quiet with self. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you, you've talked about, um, about pseudoscience and we know that when you're taking a psychedelic, we're going to increase neuroplasticity. We're going to increase synaptic strength. Those things are going to happen and we can prove it. So now you're talking though, you bring it back to med meditation. We talk about awareness. So I, I know for me, pre, pre psychedelics, I was, I was not good at meditating. I just couldn't do it. You, you're the same way. Like, we yeah. totally just had this conversation the other day about so many people say, I can't meditate. I can't meditate. I can't meditate. And then we have walked them through our program and then they're like, oh my God, I can meditate. What happened to me? It was, was it the, was it the psychedelics? And we we're like, well, we just we helped you step in and understand with the relationship with the medicine to be able to then now you can be with self. Right. And that awareness, can I, yeah. can I sit here and just be aware of my breath? Can I sit here and just be aware of the sensations in my body? Can I sit here and just feel kindness for other people and have that energy come out? Yes. And I just didn't, I didn't understand how to do it before, but um, again, once you've done it, with the medicine, it's kind of like, okay, now here's your training wheels. Now we can take these off. And now every day you can do this and, and, and channel that energy and feel that energy. Um, and you can do it in, in, in conscious meditation. Then you can also just bring awareness to more aspects of your life, being present in more conversations and being aware of who am I talking to? Why am I talking to Am I making connection with this person? You're living life with intention. You're out of survival. The thing is, is I think so many people are in survival. It's like they're rushing from, okay, so I'm going to go, I'm going to drop the kids off at school. I'm going to go to work. And then after work, I have to go to the gym and pick up the kids and cook dinner. And then da, 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 and they're rush, 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 rush through life. Then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm on vacation. I'm finally on vacation. I wanted to be on vacation now. Oh my gosh, what do I have to do when I get home? They're rushing from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And I'm like, you're not and I used to be like this. It's like, where is your intention in your life? But it's worse, you know, it's what you were saying earlier, Matt, of we're in our heads all the time. And it's like, we think, 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 think. And it's like, when do you drop into your heart? Um, you know, Joe Dispenza says the mind thinks, but the heart knows. And so many times in my life, my heart has, you know, and the alchemist was my favorite book. Mm growing up. And it's so funny that I ended up working in this field because it, I remember being like the heart, what? Like the heart can make decisions. And every time I have listened to my head within relationships or work or whatever, it hasn't really gone wrong, but it hasn't been fulfilling. When I stepped into my heart space, when I started doing psychedelics, when it was safe for me to step into my heart, because I was no longer in survival mode, because I did a macrodose and it actually it was about abundance and money. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Like starting a company is so scary, you know, and this was a while back now, but I remember just sitting there and then I looked over at a tree and then this, you know, whatever came into my head and it said, the tree is never worried about water. Why are you worried about your life? Like it live and you will be provided for. And I was like, like, wow, you're right. A tree just grows anywhere and it gets water and it lives. Like, what am I doing? 
And it's those profound moments that forever and still to this day, when I get tripped out about something, I go back to that moment. And there was so much love in that moment of like, you are so loved by things that I, I, I don't even, I'm not even aware of because I can't with the human psyche. And you are so taken care of. And the more you step into love, the more you step into alignment and you live through your heart space and the mind just helps you. I think the easiest way to say it is your mind is to help other people solve their problems. Your heart is to solve yours. And the psychedelics, what they have done so profoundly for me is stepping into my heart space and meditation is stepping into my heart space. And that's what I was not able to do. Um, and so many people, it's like, well, what do you, well, I think this, and I think that it's like, well, how, how do you feel? But it's not safe to be in feelings. And so many, even Carl Jung says, you'll learn more playing with a person for five minutes than you ever could having a conversation with them for three months. It's like, watch a person and how they play and how they're, they're childlike nature. That's who they are. But we're so afraid for people to see that. And it's just, I mean, and again, we stepped into this before we even knew it was going to be legal. I was like, I don't care. She didn't care. It's like when we you, went for it, when your heart aligns with something, it becomes this extraordinary pull towards such a bigger, bigger thing. And it's for everybody because we live so much in this, you know, oh, well, I'm separated from everybody. And when you, in the, the psychedelics, at least this has been um, what I have heard and what I've experienced is that connection into we're all one, we're all in this together and that you're never really lonely again. There's never that, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's like, well, there's so many, there's, there's, there's the support of the universe. Yeah. That's amazing. The, um, and again, if I, I'm assuming that most of your audiences is in this world, so it's, uh, they understand we're in the language. It's hard to talk with people. It's sometimes challenging to talk with people who just don't, they just don't know. And it's, it's okay. Nope. No bad. It just is. And it's, and I'm, that's what I try to do is bridge that gap and be that, trust trusted source of people who are trying to figure out whatever it is that they're trying to figure out um and hopefully have an experience that can relate or can point them in the uh in the right direction but it's uh yeah when you when you take away the scarcity is the language i use the scarcity mindset and we live in an abundance uniform or you know universe there's enough for everybody um that it just yeah there's nothing to be scared of it's it's just the game we're just playing this game and love is the love is the currency and every everything else will be provided and i believe that thoroughly well and it's amazing that you know and you probably can share on your experience because i really do want to like talk about your book too for people that are interested because for my um i have not finished the book i am three-fourths of the way through um i have a, a tendency to have on several books at a time um but the one thing that was like for me, and like when you say that in abundance, I think that's a really important topic to talk about because I think so many people, whether it's writing a book or starting a business, being in that abundant mindset is so scary for people. And like, how um, can you elaborate on like, did psychedelics help you in that and in stepping into that world of like trust? Because that 99% unknown is so scary. And I know for me personally, like I definitely was in it for a long time and psychedelics did help me, but what was your experience in that regard? And can you like 
was there a profound moment of maybe you were using a psychedelic or there was, you know, an integration that mm -hmm. really was kind of your catalyst? Yeah, I can think of, I mean, just a couple of stories are popping into my head. The first one is, is again, that first experience with my mom, um, realizing, oh my God, I feel so safe and loved. And then almost a second later being like, oh my God, I'm living my life not feeling safe and loved. <sighs> wow, that's wild. And I don't remember the last time I felt safe and loved like this. Okay, that's a challenge. I need to figure out how to have more of that in my life. And it was so clear. It's like, wow. When the um, that weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. And it's like, oh, this is what this feels like to, and I can't believe how much stuff I'm carrying and just don't realize it until it's lifted, until you get that break. So some of us, like, we think about, oh, I need, to, I need, so I need a vacation. Okay, and maybe in a week or however long you get for vacation, you can get to on towards the end of it relaxing. But on psychedelics, it's like, okay, we're gonna lift that stuff off. Now you can remember what it's like not to be carrying it. And then the um I think the integration story that I'm thinking about is I work with this person who talks constantly about we're all here to learn, heal, and grow. And if all we're doing is learning, healing, and growing, there is no failure. Like that the word is silly. It's a nonsense word because it doesn't matter. You might not succeed at whatever task that you are setting out to do at actually completing that task, but you learn something along the way or a lot of things along the way. Therefore, you met your purpose. On, you, you were here to learn, heal, and grow. You learned. You grew. And so failure is not an option. So, when you, so for me, it's like, okay, I get that. So if, if I can't fail, I can continue to try the things that I, that I think help my learning, healing, and growing. I can continue to help that, to project that with others. And how it works out, it works out. It's going to be okay. Um, and so far, again, in the four years now of practicing this pretty intensely, it's, it's really worked out. Well, and I think that's such an important thing of it worked out, right? Like you may have not, it may have not gone the way you thought, right? Because then it never does. It ne we can, all the plans, right? We'll never know what the universe is going to do. We can think about it, but it never goes the way we want it to go. Um, but that, that, I mean, truly surrendering into that and realizing that failure actually really doesn't exist. Right. Because you're, if you're failing, you're learning it. Okay. So it's, it's going back to the TFAR thought, right? Like, okay, well, it's just a thought pattern. Like, oh, I, didn't really fail. I just learned something new. That's a positive reinforced action within the body. And then you go on to the next one, you go on to the next one. And, it, and it's so much of like that understanding of failure doesn't exist. It's, it's this facade. It's, you know, it's pseudoscience. <laughs> it's programming, it's programming it's you know, it's programming. It's Programming's not, a real thing. I mean, oh, we it's really, not. it's a real thing. We've all grown up. Anyone born after uh 71, all we've known is prohibition. All we've known is just say no, drugs are bad. Um, and then we've been we've been taught to be good citizens of society, good producers, go do right. good work. And uh, and a lot of people live for their their weekends and a couple of weeks off a year. And um, yeah, that's there's it it's uh people missing out on, on big parts of, uh, parts of life. So Nicole, I'm curious. So you said you had some profound, you had a profound story that, uh, that kind of changed the way you look at abundance and scarcity. Is there a particular story that came to mind that, that you wanted to, uh, to share? Um, well, I would, you know, I, 
I think that, so I lost my job during COVID. Um, this was, you know, really before I had, um, early on, I had played with plant medicine. I was very, I was an avid cannabis user in my uh, younger years, but for reasons that were more or less for coping. And I stepped away from it. But I, I remember like when I lost my job, I had no choice to trust. And it wasn't, you know, I, there wasn't under, it wasn't an integration. It wasn't a, you know, I wasn't using psychedelics when this happened. And it was that moment of driving back from California. And I was, I remember it because everything was shut down. COVID had happened. Things were closed. And um, I was driving and I stopped in Vegas and I was filling up gas and there was barely anybody. And I remember just being like, there's no, there's nothing I can do. I have no control over any of this. And I either push back and be absolutely miserable, right? Cause I'm driving and I have all these thoughts in my head of, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. I'm moving back to Colorado. Like what is next? Like all of the chatter, right? And I just remember that moment of being like, well, I can either push against this or I can surrender into it and see what happens. And if I just see what happens, maybe there's something to be learned on the other side of it, right? And then of course, all of the things happened. This company came to fruition. There, there was so many things that had I not left and stayed, could have just completely changed the course of what I would say, staying in the programming, staying in that scarcity mindset of being like, all right, well, this is it. We got to do it one way or another. I got to do it. And, um, from that was, you know, that was my personal. And then of course, with the use of psychedelics and there's really breakthroughs of those moments of like, there's so much more than you, like, there's so much energy outside of yourself. Like we're just condensed matter. Like we are just a condensed ball of energy. And, you know, when you step outside of that and you, you know, yeah, quantum physics is being proven in real time. When you're actually in that and you're seeing it and feel, you're feeling it, it's like, wow, I have nothing to worry about. Like there's no... I'm completely 100% taken care of. And like you said, that burden, that lifting of like, I can just actually breathe and not think about what's next. I can just be in this present moment and how beautiful this moment really is. And the tool of that is so powerful. Yeah, Nicole, that's really cool. It's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. It's a, uh, yeah, I think people forget that suffering is optional, that you have uh, every day, things happen and they happen. So what's going to be next? And where are you now? But the right. suffering piece, the things we hold on to, beat ourselves up about us and tell ourselves these awful stories that we would never let someone on the outside talk to us that way. Um, yeah, it can be, can, we can be really damaging to ourselves. Um, well, and I think, you know, that's actually a great point to bring up because I think psychedelics really help with that. They really help with that internal dialogue of one, not only are you like, you're present, like you are here, you don't get an option, right? Like you, you have to be here, but you also get to see the divine of you, like who you are and that negative, there's like, 
at least for me, I feel like I have never had negative thought patterning during like, like while working with a plant, there's like, there's the chatter of the negativity almost falls away. It, it go, it literally stops. I've tried. I've like actually sat down while having, um, while microdosing and being like, can I think about something in a negative frame? And it's almost like the plant is like, well, that wasn't a part of your intention. So that's not happening. Cause it always goes down the path of like positivity. And I'm like, okay, all right. This is real time working in my brain of working in the sense of positivity. There, there nothing negative exists. I get, I mean, it's, it's quite interesting. Maybe next time I need to set my intention to see if I can explore it on the other side and see what happens. But it's out of curiosity. Why would you want to explore the, what, what, what are you looking for to learn from the other side? Um, I think it was just, it, I think in the sense of, is it an option? Will working with the plant, is it just because of the frequency of these plants? Does negativity even exist? Okay, is, I see what you're saying. So let me repeat back yeah. what I think you said. So when okay. working with plant medicine or psychedelic medicine, can a person think negatively? Is that the question? In the sense, yeah, like can there be negative thought patterning occurring yeah while you're working in plant medicine so in my experience i have certainly seen people have what i'd call pretty challenging experiences when they when something was presented to them that they didn't like or that they were scared of and instead of moving into it and saying what are you here to teach me they try to escape it i'm going to run away i don't want to look at this i don't want to see it. i don't want to see it and I, and I think when that happens, people can get themselves into a, uh, into a negative loop. I'm never going to get out of here. This dragon's going to keep chasing me. And yeah, I, I think you can have negative experiences. And I think as, as you prepare for these plant medicine experiences, that's where the preparation part is so important. So someone telling you, okay, this is going to be, this is the medicine. This is typically what, what you're going to typically how it presents itself. This is how long you're going to be here. And when a challenging situation occurs, this is um, what you do. And I, the, the personal story, which you probably read about in my book is I had a, um, on an experience I had a, back when I was a young teenager, I had some inappropriate um, sexual contact with a family member, 10 years older. And on one of these experiences, I was right back there. And, um, I did not want to be there. It's not something I talked about. It's not something I was comfortable with. It's, I was mortified. Um, but I remember my training. I remember just looking into it. What are you here to teach me? And I was able to look at this person and be like, oh my God, she was um, rejected by her father, um, felt extremely unloved, was dealing with substance use challenges, um, wasn't as uh, smart as her, as her brother, had just a lot of challenges and I was able to be like, okay, this probably wasn't, she wasn't a per, I didn't have to forgive or condone what she did, but I could also say she just wanted to be loved and was wrong, but that's what she was trying for. Right. And I could let it go and then heal. And I'm not saying that anybody needs to take that course of action or have that type of experience with any of their personal experiences. This is just me I'm talking about. Um, but for me, it's like, oh, and once that healed and that realization occurred, 
I can now talk about it without blushing. I can talk about it without my ears getting red. I can talk about it without that kind of nauseous feeling I'd get in my stomach before. Um, so yeah, I guess any experience that you look at, you, again, it's, it's like life. You can look at it and be challenging. You can look at it and be, um, this is it. This is it. I'm, I'm supposed to be here for a reason. What am I here to learn, learn, heal and grow from? Framing. Yeah. And yeah. it's framing. Well, Good point. I think, that, um, my, our listeners. Okay. So when in that experience, were you working in a micro dosage or were you, you're obviously on a That's higher dosage. So yeah, these I, are, these I, are all significant. Just, uh, obviously like I wanted to co- go back to that experience of understanding. So like when I was talking about negative thought patterning, right? Like you, you experienced that when you were under a high level of dose, right? And I think that that's where a lot of really profound work is done. Would you agree with that outside of microdosing, um, where microdosing can obviously benefit, but um, kind of you know tapping talking about the difference between the two of them. Yeah, and I did just as a, as a quick side note, I put together, I have a free guide to uh, microdosing that I put on my website, uh, mattzeman.com slash synchronicity. So your listeners can download it for free and, um, and grab that PDF. But uh, yeah, so macrodosing can lead to these big, profound insights and it takes six to eight hours or again, actually you can macrodose on DMT and Bufo in 25 minutes. But uh, but microdosing is also incredibly powerful and especially for people who are... Um, who are in like a coaching program like yours. And they're trying to, to, I just want to turn the blues up, the grays down. I want to connect a little bit more, but I need to function. And I want to have this practice. I'm very intentionally microdosing and it can be really profound. And it can also, it can loosen people up into a way that they can, um, that they can talk about things in their life and in ways that they couldn't. So I, again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the larger doses where, where the medicine removes all shame, blame, and guilt. It's just gone. So you can have really look at things um, in a way that just is hard without the medicine. Um, but then microdosing, can you still get elements of that? And it can be really, really transformational as well. Yeah, it's um, what I have found is, is when I macrodose, it's like I'm working on huge huge things right and it's um depending on what kind of plant medicine you're working with right it's i've but macrodosing on mushrooms has been quite gentle for me mm-hmm. um, did ayahuasca i was like throwing up and there was a lot of purging of i actually saw myself like throwing a black tar out of my heart chakra and it was stuff that i didn't even i couldn't see clearly it gave me such a different perspective um it, it was a massive neuroplasticity shift, but microdosing for me was like going to my grandma's funeral and having to deal with my entire family. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was really anxious about that. And it's, it's, it's such a nice thing to have in your back pocket of like, well, I'm still going to be able to feel because there's so many like antidepressants and Xanax and stuff like that, whether you take and it just numbs you to the experience. But this, it's like, no, it reminds me that I have choice. It takes me out of that, um, you know, PTSD trauma spin when my aunts say something mean to me, you know, I can just be like, that's them, not me. And it completely just helps that framing shift. Um, and again, it's a great stepping stone because I microdosed before I macrodosed and I trusted the plant and that really helped me 
um, a lot. And I've seen this with other people too. It just, now there, there's, there's situations where I recommend a macro dose first as mm -hmm. I'm like, you're really struggling with suicide and stuff like that. I'm like, we're dosing you massive. Let's work through this now. Like there's not time to, you know, let's work through little things. Like let's get into it and get into it now and have the intention and hold the space. Um, but you know, it, it's every single time I have taken these plants, um, you know, mushrooms, ayahuasca, any of the plant medicine, it has expanded me in a way that I didn't even see coming. And my intention is like, know thyself or, you know, I want to know abundant. And it, it comes out of left field. You're just like, oh, I didn't. And that's what I love. It's just in a, in a way that you couldn't, well, you don't know what you don't know. Right. But it's, it, I couldn't have even fathomed it teaching me that it's been my greatest teacher because it's just like, it unplugged like all of these programs. It's just like, da, 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 da. and then, oh my gosh, like there's a different way to live. There's so much. And that's what I think is what got me just so, uh, it's like art. Everybody's is so different. Everybody's perspective is so different. No two people are ever going to have the same experience, but it's so unique to you and profound to you. And it's like your own little slice of paradise. And I get to go there. And even if it's horrible, I mean, I've had horrific things, you know, like throwing a black tar. I was never so happy to throw up in my life. I was like, get it out of me. But I had that choice, right? To be like, because I remember being like, oh my God, it's black tar. And then I'm like, oh my God, get it out of me. I want this out of me. Oh my God, you know, like, wow, what a gift to be able to just purge this from myself. And I hate throwing up. So you know, and I have really strong reactions to plant medicine. It's always an initiation for me. I'm usually the first one puking. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just more sensitive. Like, it's fine. So it, again, it just taught me so much to just laugh at even the the worst things. It's like, you can find joy even in suffering. I mean, again, it doesn't even have to be suffering, but it, it it's also struggle and suffer have been my greatest teachers. And there's not you know, I have a past with, you know, sexual abuse and things like that too. And it, I wouldn't take them back now. It's so funny because for so long I was a victim to that. It was like, oh my God, why me? And now it's like, no, I get to be the person that's on the, the top that sees the light. And I get to turn around and take the next person's hand being like, this was for a reason. And this has made you strong because the strong among us are the most broken. Like the people that have walked through having a broken heart are breaking completely and have rebuilt themselves are the people that I want to stand next to me. And, and plant medicine taught me that it's like, oh my gosh, everything is so much bigger than you. And it's actually beautiful, but it depends on how you look at it. And, you know, shame brought to light is no longer darkness, it's light. It's the transmutation of darkness into light. And that's that yin and yang and things that they've been talking about for thousands. Again, nothing, none of this is new. Um, and I just, you know, hearing other people, especially men step through this, because I think that there's a lot more shame in being able to be vulnerable for men, um, that you're able to talk about that and walk through that and that psychedelics were able to do that for you. It's just, I, again, what a time to be alive. You know, what I get just so many people are like, this is so screwed. And yes, it is. But I'm also like, what a time to be alive. Like we get to see this. 
is nobody else excited? Oh, wait, you have not tried enough mushrooms. <laughs> not sorry for everybody. You're called to them. But, you know, it's it's that love. It's that frequency of joy and love and that everything is bigger than you. And there's really nothing that you can... I still have sad moments, but it's just... Oops. It's human. It's human. just... Yeah. It's um, and you brought up, you just said so many different things there, Megan. I mean, the uh, wow, you talked about this is nothing new, and um, yeah, in many cases, we're all just remembering. Psychedelics yeah. help us remember that we're enough, remember that we're loved, remember that we are safe, remember that we live in an abundant universe. That that's the remembrance piece. The um, you brought up essentially, you don't know what you don't know, and for me, that was like I I thought I knew the low end of my emotional register. Um, my mom died; that was the low end, but. I had no idea what the high end was. Um, I was just wrong. I thought I was getting married or having kids. And there was another number of registers up that uh, I didn't, I hadn't played in before. I didn't know existed until this. And then you talked about the, um, about how you enjoy watching men work through this process. And I, as a man, I, I think, I don't think we have a lot of, um, there isn't a lot, there aren't a lot of opportunities that we're taught about intimacy besides sex. So this for me, it's like, okay, we can be really intimate with a whole bunch of people and it's okay. And no one's going to judge you and you're allowed to laugh and you're allowed to cry and you're allowed to share and that's all okay. And, um, I don't think I didn't get a lot of that growing up of it's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to connect like this. Um, just wasn't talked about. It's not what we did. Um, and I, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a part of being human, right? Like you, mm -hmm. it's so important and men especially have been targeted for this. Like don't have feelings, just produce. And, you know, if you do have feelings, we don't want to hear about them. We don't care about them. And you know, it, that's so far from the truth. Um, on such a vast level, you know, we can go into the, we're seeing a massive epidemic right now in men. We're seeing, you know, there's, there's a laundry list of things that men are currently fighting from low testosterone to struggling with intimacy. You know, it's a thing and, you know, psychedelics, it's a, that, that's a huge, a huge road and avenue that can actually help a lot of men touch that part of them to be able to step in and be okay with right and being understanding that one i have to accept self first before i can ever you know be love somebody else and be complete yeah, and in this like, world right absolutely right. so many men it's just like you know between the hookup cultures and these dating apps and it's like like you said it's just this idea of like this or horrible framing society has like told men that they have to be. And it, it's really, it's, it really actually makes me really sad for the masculine right now, even though it's the divine feminine is definitely stepping in and they're definitely helping. And I think we're on this like forefront again with stepping into this, but psychedelics, you know, like you had talked about that moment with your mom, that's feminine energy. That is love from your your source right and from mother and these a lot of these psychedelics are from earth and their energy and like that's mother energy that 
heals the masculine and you know books ancient books have talked about this um they that the divine feminine will heal the masculine when the masculine surrenders and steps in and is vulnerable and willing to see and um it's uh i just it makes me really excited with this like new wave because there's so much healing the, the healing is like infinite of what is happening in this new um, movement Sorry, my uh, my dog is uh, starting to whimper behind me. Can you hear that? Yeah, it's okay. He's, he I, is. Um, it's, been... it's a little distracting to me. The uh, I think what's also I, I want to just for the, for the listeners that have male friends or that are male men listening, what's interesting about psychedelic medicine, and I'm not saying you should uh, bypass the work or anything, but there are men who are not willing to uh, to go to therapy. There are men that are not willing to put in um, lots of hours. There are also, and again, no bad, and there's men like myself who weren't willing to say, oh, I have these things I need to work on. I thought it was fine. I'm just fine. I'm fine. I run a company. I have to make money. I'm married. I have kids. I'm fine. I'm more than fine. And um, and I think all of that's okay. However, you come to the psychedelic medicine. If you come to it for medicinal purposes, great. I have a diagnosis and I want to deal with it. Fine. You come to it because you want to optimize biohack, whatever word you want to use, and that's how you want to approach the medicine, that's fine too. And if you want to approach it for religious purposes, that's fine too. All of it's fine. What I've, what in my experience I've seen is no matter where you start, once you've had that first experience, there's tremendous crossover. It's like, oh, maybe I should start looking at this and maybe I want to optimize that. And maybe this is a sacrament and maybe this is and on and on and on. So um, what's nice about encouraging men to go ahead and try this is uh, because it does work so quickly. And if you can put them into a safe container, a place where they're going to have a, a well-thought-out positive experience, yeah, that's a, it's tremendous healing as possible and growth. Oh, yes. So I, um, I'm not familiar with ketamine therapy, in, nor Megan. I mean, we know what it is. Um, but I would love to hear a little bit more about your company and what, how, um, how a difference differentiates from other types of medicine if people are curious on what is right for them what avenue like how they should approach it and stuff like that how how would they go about it and what is it sure so so ketamine is the only legal psychedelic option we have in america right now so if you if it's important to you to do something legal this is your option so you can find a doctor that can prescribe it ideally because you can take ketamine in multiple ways you can take it inter intravenously you can take it intramuscularly can take it with it with a tablet. You can take it with a nasal spray. Um, there are some practitioners who just believe it's a biochemical reaction. So in those cases, you're going to go to their office. They're going to put an IV in you and come back an hour later and send you home with a little bit of time of resting between. Um, I don't believe the research shows. Forget what I believe. The research shows that the best um, outcomes are when you combine some type of therapy, either licensed or unlicensed, guide, whatever you want to call it, with ketamine. And um, and it's yeah, it's powerful. So unlike like the class, let me start with like the classic psychedelics, you're gonna have a disassociative experience where you're separating the the you from yourself. You're gonna quiet your default mode network. Um, you can have a spiritual connection and a spiritual epiphany, you can have visuals, all of those things happen. Um, typically the experience itself is shorter. It's about an hour, um, experience is, is what, is what typically is done with ketamine. 
Um, for people listening, it is a, it's super powerful, but it is also the, one of the only psychedelics that has any addiction potential. So I bring that up to say in medicinal use, there's really very little risk of, uh, of addiction, but in recreational use, there can be. So if you're listening to this and someone, then you go to a party, it's like, oh, I've heard this is good for your brain. I'm going to try this. That is not the right medicine to do at the, uh, at that party. So I'm going to highly recommend against it for medicine for recreational purposes. Um, it's a, it's a powerful medicine. So it needs to be, uh, it needs to be respected. And then, um, and then it does. So it's changing the glutamate activity. It's uh, increasing what's called BDNF in the brain, it's kind of geeky stuff. Um, and then it does separate the you from the you and allows you to have this kind of beautiful experience. And um, and then it's in the results on depression and anxiety are, are tremendous. It's not FDA approved for depression or anxiety. So it's prescribed, it's called off-label. Um, there is a version called S-ketamine that has been FDA approved, but you're talking a radical difference in price. And you have to do that in a clinic. Ketamine, there are plenty of, like my company is again, only in Florida, but um, where you can mail order to do it via telehealth. So they're going to connect you with a doctor. They're going to do a proper medical intake. They're going to prescribe some medicine. The pharmacy is going to send it to you. And then you're going to work with a guide or a therapist, depending on which company you work with, who's going to help you prepare and, uh, and then integrate your experience. So all of that's possible with ketamine. When I think that that is, um, it's so important because I hear ketamine and it's like a buzzword for me because, you know, I, being in the early 2000s, going to college, they would talk about like these kids that were overdosing at parties on ketamine. And I was like scary for me because I'm like, uh, why are we doing this? And then when I started seeing it in the media and stuff like that and started reading about it. It is, it is really profound what it is doing. And I think it is so important for people that are still in that gray area because a lot of people come to us and they're like, oh, well, that's illegal. I'm like, okay, well, you know, it may not be for you, but if there is a legal option, I think that that is so great that there is something that's legal for people to, if they need it now, um, and there's science behind it, which is a lot of science. I mean, there's there's eighty three thousand papers on the efficacy of ketamine. It's a there's a lot of science. It's a World Health Organization essential medicine. Yeah, really widely studied and understood, and um and helpful and legal. So that's all positive. Let's talk about overdoses for just a moment because I do think it's uh, there's there's so many studies on psychotropic medicines, um and we and a lot of the when you look at them, you say what's this harm? What's a potential harm to self and harm to others? And on the far left-hand side of those studies, typically the most harm to self and others are things like alcohol, tobacco, heroin, um, all sorts of problems. On the far right-hand side are things like psilocybin, LSD, ecstasy is a little bit further up, but it's MDMA. The, the, there is no lethal dose of LSD or, or psilocybin. So, um, and many times what we've, again, programming when we hear about somebody overdosing, it's because they've bought they've bought a product that has been adulterated with like fentanyl, and uh, because we can't have a reasonable, rational discussion on drug policy in our country, we have uh, kids who are buying things off of Instagram and not sure what they're buying. So I'm a fan for anyone who doesn't know. There's there's a um, Dance Safe sells test strips and Drugs.com is you can send in anything you buy and they will anonymously test it. And then you can also go on that site and see what people have been sending in. Bought as blank actually contains blank. And you can see what's happening. So uh, for those of you who are um, in that space, test strips are a good thing to keep at home. 
Yes. And I do know like here in Colorado, you can go down to any like head shop and they actually are for free. They give them to you. They're like little test kits that the state of Colorado is now. I don't know. No way. But yeah, Colorado is doing that. And so, yes, we are very big on test your stuff. If you're not getting it from a reliable source or obviously someone like Matt's company where you know where it's coming from, it's backed by intention and it's backed by support. Um, you know, like because the fentanyl is, it is it's a thing it's running rampant yeah. right now. And, um, I really appreciate you bringing that up because it is something that people need to just be aware of. If you're not aware of it, well, now you're aware of it. So, well, and don't do drugs at parties. Like I, I actually thought my one experience with ketamine, I thought it was cocaine and I was at a person's house that I didn't know. And I did a line of ketamine and I ended up throwing up all night and didn't even know where I was. And I'm lucky that, you know, I again, stupid in my early twenties, you know, we do stupid stuff and I wish I would have had, you know, more love for myself at that point in my life, but it's that, you know, don't do, do these um, psychedelics of your choice in a safe, um, intentional environment, because I cannot stress that enough. If you want to do mushrooms and go dance, make sure you're getting them from a reputable source. You're using the intention. I just want to go out and have fun with my friends. You know, again, they deserve respect as alcohol and nicotine, everything does. And I don't think that we're taught that enough of like, be intentional with, your body and what you're putting into it, no matter what it is. Um, you know, I didn't always live that way and I did things like that and I'm lucky to be alive for a reason, but it's gnarly when you get something bad into your system, because I remember being terrified the entire night that I was going to die. Um, that was like a, I don't know if it, it was actually a near-death experience because I didn't go to the hospital, but I don't want that to be you. So learn from my mistakes of like, don't, don't do drugs with people you don't know in, in bad situations. Yeah. Um, it's not fun. Well, cause it's they're not considered drugs, not, you know, well, medicine. and you don't, you don't want to go on a psychedelic experience with weirdos. Like you just don't <laughs> like you're putting yourself in a situation to have a, an experience that's going to traumatize you. And you're not going to have somebody there to help frame it or to help yourself ground and frame it correctly. Um, you know, you're also yeah, vulnerable. I, I mean, you're, yeah, you're, when you, when, if you truly give yourself into the medicine, so you have your planned psychotic break for yourself, right. Um, having people around you that might not have the same intentionality, um, is putting yourself at risk for a number of different things. And it's just, uh, yeah. So we talk about set setting and source. So we've just covered source. We've talked about the mindset would be the intention. And then setting is, is everybody around you? Do they love you? Are you yeah. safe? Are you free from distraction? free from interruption. And when those things are all set, the probability of having a, a quote, difficult experience is way, way, way reduced. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. It's like what I was talking about at the beginning with like your energy. These are the kind of people you want to be around. Cause also if you have a really, when you get into the upper dimensions or into, you know, um, quantum physics and stuff like that, the energy around you is going to affect your experience. So again, when you talk about going into these spaces. That's why in traditional medicine, there was shamans and things like that. They held the energy. They're holding what we call the grid, right? Um, And it's important, just like getting ready for meditation or anything, you're 
you're in a quiet space. You're in a, yeah. And I love what you just said about that, but being aware of the energy that you're also inviting in. That's why trip sitters and stuff like that mm -hmm. become so important because they're holding that intention and holding that space for, you know, you to have that really profound experience. I like how you called it a planned psychotic break. Yes. That was actually amazing. I've never heard anybody say that. I'm psychotic. Yeah, because you're scheduled psychotic break. It's a, yeah, you're getting a glimpse into this world. And I love what you're talking about as well about the um the energy and that. I mean, I do a lot of uh of group work and it's amazing. You put 15 people in a room or 20 people in a room, all um with intention on a medicine, and that group collect conscious consciousness that that forms um and the ability to tunnel using energy and other people it's just beautiful and again i didn't know it existed right yeah right and it's it's some it's a feeling that you cannot explain until you have experienced it it it's um group meditation group you know group trips anything like that it is it's a profound feeling yeah and there will always be a theme you're so right because like when I did ayahuasca and there was like 15 people everybody had the theme of love like you know yeah. there was one guy that was experiencing pregnancy because he broke up with his girlfriend of 15 years because she wanted to have a baby and he didn't I was experiencing stuff with my first love I mean it was everybody had the same theme. It was when we sat down Energy. the next morning to integrate, I was like, oh my God, mm -hmm. it's real. All of it's real. Like the mass consciousness is real. So it, it well, is and that's, really I think that's also the beauty of group work is that you can, in many ways, I mean, people think, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to reveal myself in a group. Well, it actually takes a lot of the pressure off of yourself because as everybody else is sharing, you're healing. You're going, oh, they're talking about them and their story. And that relates to this and mine. And it's just lovely and powerful. So I highly recommend group work. Although again, for your listeners, one of the things I didn't know until getting into the space is that people have different ideas of what a good size group are is. I personally believe this 15 to 20 zone is a lovely group experience. There are others that believe 40. And then there's some companies out there that have 80 to hundred in these ceremonies. And that's just uh, so one of the questions I would ask if you're looking at, a, at an experience is how many people are going to be there? That's good advice. No, that's a, that's great advice. But um, we are, we're definitely getting close to, we're, yeah, we can chat absolutely. all day. I but, know we could. Um, can you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Um, you did mention earlier about the free microdosing. Um, yeah, guide to microdosing guide, at yeah. madzeman.com slash uh, synchronicity. So awesome. I will put that in the show notes. Awesome. For to grab it off of that and then social media website um their company if they're interested in partaking if they live in florida yep. um in that regard i would love you live in florida, florida. it's happy.me with two eyes so happy two eyes.me if um the book is available the book is psychedelics for everyone that's available anywhere books are sold and there's an audiobook now where dr carlos water who's been working with psychedelic medicine for 50 years wrote the ford and um, I read the Ford. I read all the pieces I wrote. And then, uh, uh, Leslie Howard read all the pieces that women wrote. So it's, a it's just different voices on the audiobook. So super cool and super fun. And, uh, and then I'm active on LinkedIn and Instagram and, um, anybody has questions, just reach out. I'm happy to help any way I can. 
And like I said, everything will be in the show notes for you guys. His Instagram, his website, happy.me will be there, all the links. So if you're driving and you're listening to this and you can't, um, you know, obviously take notes while you're driving, then it will all be there for you. But thank you again, Matt. We really appreciate you being on here. It was a great conversation and we hope to have you on in a future date to talk more psychedelics. Nicole and Megan, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me today. And make sure that you follow us at synchronicity underscore sisters on Instagram, along with synchronicity222 on Instagram. That's our business page. It's a little more professional. And then, of course, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and or on Spotify. We are on all major platforms. And then, of course, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating and review the show for that. Other people that are out there searching for a new podcast to listen to. We hope you have a great day and we will talk to you guys all soon.